Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bloom, episode nine. Going to talk about some April to May gainers and faders in the K to walk percentage department, one of the best pitching stats to check out. Go over some uh, recent news, aka IL stents galore, and much, much more. You can find myself on Twitter at BDentric and my co host, as always, on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friends? I'm great, Bubba. I am refreshed. I'm back from vacation. Last, last, last week was a little bit of a, um, uh, uh an operation doing from the from the laptop microphone uh from my parents bedroom which uh yeah but it 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 worked out we had a decent show but it just feels so much more at home in my little uh in my little studio setup slash basement with the Dodgers and Mets on TV it it, it feels good how are you doing I'm doing well I'm doing well it's a Thursday night uh, gonna finished my hq article so i'm pretty pumped on that and um we're just like i got the baseball game on as well that's kind of the fun about both of us doing this at night where we both got mlb network on basically every time and we get to we'll have a game on talk some baseball have a little fun so life is good over here mr bloomfield life is good it's funny like on thursdays during the day usually when we start prepping for these i do check the mlb schedule and i'm like is there because thursday it could be you know a lot of a lot of day games yeah. getaway day whatever um and sometimes just not a lot of games in general but I always check and I'm like, is there a game on while we record? Because I really freaking hope yeah. so. Because it, it just, it, it's a good feeling. It's, it makes a big difference. Because I tell people that don't uh, understand that during the off season when I'm doing late shows, it's just not the same feel when I don't have like something on. Like the game on is just such a different uh, animal type mm-hmm. thing. But uh, I digress. I digress. And we are able um, to, we still listen to each other, even though we are watching yeah. games while doing the podcast. I want to, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, multitasking is not difficult. We can do that. Regard, so we can do that. Yes, we learn very, very good. I can, I can, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. You'd be surprised, people. It's very, very good. But um, and Ryan can play golf and push a stroller, so we're we're all good there. <laughs> um, let's 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 hit up some of these IL stats as there's way too many of them. So we'll try to run through them here. But Hung Jin Ryu goes to the IL. Um, and it doesn't look like it's a good one because it's uh, a left forearm deal, which is never a good sign. He's going to undergo an MRI, get some more info back from that, but he's going to probably be out for a little bit, Mr. Bloomfield. So what's your take on the, the Toronto Blue Jays situation? Yeah, it's not great. I think Ryu had forearm issues in that same region earlier this year. And then, yeah, usually like a repeat forearm inflammation can be a precursor to something UCL related, which, uh, yeah, sucks for Ryu. Um, does open up a rotation spot for I believe Ross Stripling who like kind of has been pretty good this year and someone who I'm I'm pretty interested in I think it's a two-step next week and the first of that two-step is at Kansas City I don't know how stretched out Stripling will be for for at least that first game but um some really good numbers from Stripling like in in deeper leagues I'd definitely be interested especially because the Blue Jays lineup has been really bad but starting to heat up uh, throwing his change up a lot more uh, that change up usage is up 10% from last year and he's fading his, uh, his four seam fastball. So the swing strike rate is up. The ground ball rate is at 54%, which is a result of that change up. So a lot of good going on beneath the hood, despite a 422 ERA for stripling uh, someone who I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to be pretty interested in this weekend in fab uh if he's available I haven't have not started looking but um someone someone near the top of my list yeah he's got uh at kansas city at detroit at this point in time Detroit's so even if he's not stretched half. out that could be like yeah that could be like a seven innings of, of solidness even if he's not stretched out so that could be a a nice little run there for stripling and I'm hoping he gets a good push here because uh, he was one of my favorite like later round uh, DC targets just as a fill-in kind of guy. And so this could be a nice little shot in the arm that a lot of my teams need right now. All right, uh, Sonny Gray, he goes to the IL. This is a, a, a tough one. I hope people dodged it because he was day-to-day on Monday when you locked in your lineups. He was They are optimistic he was going to play this week. That didn't happen. Pectoral strain. Uh, they say it's just to kind of make sure he's healthy. No big deal. We'll see. Any thoughts on the twin situation? Yeah, I'm a little, I'm, I'm worried just cause it's, I mean, it's all related to the arm upper body and grace had injury issues, um, before and yeah, like the twins rotations getting pretty thin and actually everything about the twins is getting pretty thin. We've got Joe Ryan on the COVID IL currently, but Paddock's out for the season, Sonny Gray, Dobnex on the 60 day IL. Uh, they don't really have a rotation right now. Like they've got Dylan Bundy, Smeltzer, who has pitched really well, but the peripherals do not really uh, support that. Bailey Ober's good. Chris Archer's going like four or five innings if he's lucky. And then I think I think old oh, Chichi, Chichi Gonzalez is going to be starting on on Friday for oh, them. Um, not not very interested. Get your DFS stacks going, folks. Yep. Um, all right. Um, Cincinnati Reds, Tyler Naquin was starting to heat up, Ryan, was starting to heat up, and now he goes to the IL, and he could be out for up to a month, they're saying. Quad strain, he had a PRP injection, which is never good, because that's like a minimum of probably at least a month before we see him again. So Naquin's out for some time. Uh, They recalled TJ Friedel and some others to probably mix and match through there. But uh, with Naquin going down, how are you assessing uh, Cincinnati? 
It's it's not great. Um, you've got, I think, the Punisher is back after being sent to exile yeah. in AAA early this year. As Aristides Aquino is getting some play now in right field. And then Albert Amora, who I think I've been touting as a, a late, late sleeper as of like five years ago, um, is is in right field hitting every day. Um, it's, yeah, Similar to the Twins getting thin, I, I'm not interested in really either one. The interesting thing in that outfield, though, is uh, Nick Senzel, who is healthy and hitting leadoff every day. Um, so that that that's interesting to me, um, and that just opens up a little bit more just because of the Naquin injury. But um, kind of sucks for Naquin, like you said. He's he's been been pretty good. Like I've have him in mixed labor and. Um, Kind of a nice a nice sampling of homers and steals, not the greatest batting average, but nobody has a good batting average, at least uh, early on this season. So um, tough timing for Nake when he was kind of an under-the-radar um, productive outfielder in deeper leagues. So. Um, asking for a friend, if you have a league that doesn't have IL spots, would you drop Tyler Naquin? Um, You are probably, as my friend dropping him depending <laughs> on how many other uh guys are hurt like we we are running through so many yeah. il since right now like on on your on your you know prototypical stash list naquin isn't that high i'm, I'm especially if it's going to yeah. be like a month um i i'm probably yeah. ditching i don't know who your other options are but um or your friends other yeah, options I, are but uh my friends but, other options yeah no i yeah. uh i def I, I drafted a lot of late tyler naquin this year so uh this one stings so i'll have some definite decisions to make this week including the next guy who uh we were both fans of james segura oh. this is why you're not supposed to bunt kids you're not supposed to bunt fractures fingers out 10 to 12 weeks so september maybe late august uh he's a drop for me unless you have an il spot it sucks in a big way was just going to say the same thing. Like, I don't think there's really much of a choice if you don't have IL for Segura. Um, he was the glue that was holding a lot of my teams together. Um, and I hope without that glue, things don't fall apart. I, yeah, on a bunt, like, oh man, I, I saw it and I was like, I, I hope it's just like a two to three week thing. Then it came out 10 to 12. I mean, I'm not a, not a doctor, but um, that seems, that seems really long. So that's, uh, that's really rough. You've got to drop Segura. I, I just, I mean, two to three months, we're already in June. And so, yeah, like you just did the math. And um, you, you really can't hold him um, unless you have perfect health elsewhere. And then the kind of the the bad part is, like, there's not really anyone. I mean, Nick Maton is uh, filling in. He started at second base and hit eighth uh, on Wednesday. Um, Stott has been absolutely horrific, uh, for the Phillies. And so, um, it's, it's brutal because there's no, it's brutal for the Phillies as well, because there's just nothing coming back and backfilling sticker. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to look and try and make a move to keep things, keep things afloat. We'll see. That's my guess. My guess is they're going to have to do something because they, the options, like you said, are so bad, so bad right now. So there's got to be some team out there. It's got to like the A's or someone like even Jed Lowry is an improvement on what their options are right now. So it's uh, it's that bad, that bad in Philadelphia. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Kyle Lewis goes on the seven day concussion IL. Not much you can do there. He should be back soon, but he was actually like, he came out the doors swinging. So that's a big one. Um, Joey Wendell and Brian Anderson both go on the IL for the Marlins. Does that do anything for you? 
Um, it it hurts for Brian Anderson. I, I was I was I was digging him. Um, Wendell, yeah, Wendell's been fine, but yeah, it it hurts for hurts for Miami. Hurts for uh, Sandy Sandy Alcantara's uh, run support. I'll tell you that. Although he did win today with another, uh, yeah, he got the job done today. Stud stud victory, but uh, but yeah, like they're uh, Marlins are running out Luke Williams at, at third base right now. Uh, Garrett Cooper probably gets every day, assuming he's he's healthy, gets every day run at, at DH, which is interesting to me. And he's been hitting like second or or fourth most days, um, but not really too much else of an upshot. The only th- the only other one that's pretty interesting for me on on the Marlins is John Birdie. I've been a John Birdie stand for a long time i know he's been pretty polarizing just because he kind of can't hit uh but he is a utility guy that can pretty much play and this was i mean we talked about this in the preseason is like you wanted with like vr who is on the il as well uh but anyone with like multiple pass to playing time um you know they're gonna get time and this is what we're seeing with with john birdie six steals two homers 262 batting average i don't think the home run uh, rate will be anything much more than that. But if you need bags and John Birdie's available, I think he's going to play just because he's so versatile and there's so many injuries to uh, Marlins infield right now. Yeah, Mr. Birdie, he runs wild. So like you said, now he's got playing time. We've seen him just rack up stolen bases. Uh, so that's definitely something that might come into play. Be quite interesting in the in the coming weeks here. Um, Alcides Escobar to the IL. Again, not the biggest move, but... It brings Luis Garcia up, who was torching AAA, and everyone was clamoring for him to get a spot up here. He uh, went one for four in his debut. He went 0 three tonight as we record. So um, any thoughts on maybe Luis Garcia going forward? Uh, super geeky database nerds like me uh, do not rejoice just because we need ML BAM IDs. People. Now. There are too many now. Uh, I guess hitters, pitchers, different teams. You can kind of make it work. But um, yeah, Luke Garcia is is really interesting. I mean, I don't know what else CDs Escobar was doing on the Nationals anyway. Um, it's <laughs> kind of like Darwinism that this is happening, that he's kind of stepping aside and Garcia's stepping in fat price is going to be so dependent on what Garcia does this weekend. Uh, went one for four in his debut. I'm not sure what he did, uh, today on Thursday for three today, Um, for three today. So, so one for seven, you kind of almost, if you believe the, um, if you believe in him, you're kind of hoping for a slow weekend so that the fat price stays down. Cause I think he's going to get, he should get everyday run on a on a Nats team that you know is kind of kind of decent at the top of the order, but has is is very uh, shallow, not deep at all. Um, so I think Garcia should get plenty of run, and let's let's see what he does. And with any of these guys, like it's I don't know, it's just so hard to make the adjustment. We've we've seen that even with the best prospects uh, this season and last year. So like I'm not expecting him to uh, you know go bonkers out of the gate, but um, anyone with prospect pedigree like this, who's going to be able to play any every day. And we've talked a lot about guys who play every day on bad teams, like for fantasy, that's um, that's not bad. So, um, so he'll be in, he'll be an interesting fab guy this weekend. Yeah. People are, we're looking forward to him getting called up. So someone's going to pay a lot for him. So it won't be me, but someone will. And I'm curious to see how that all plays out. Speaking of prospect pedigree, Wander Franco hits the IL with uh, left forearm tightness, fluid in his forearm, basically, what it called, injured, strained forearm, different ways that Mr. Mark Tompkin has tweeted it out the last week. 
But um, he talked to Franco earlier today, and uh, he said the goal is two weeks, but conceded the specific timetable was fairly fluid, which is not very positive in my mind that he's uh, not stuck on two weeks. So Franco might be out for a little while here. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? I mean, you got to hold him, right? I mean, if that's if going from yeah. the Franco angle, uh, but yeah, the uncertainty is 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 rough. Franco, like he's kind of doing what what we thought he would do, hitting hitting for a decent batting average, two seventy, four homers, four steals, like that. That's great. Twenty eight percent fly ball rate is is pretty rough. I'd like to see that go up a little bit for the power, but um, kind of similar like upshot. It's it's just one more opening for our man. For Mr. Birdie, um, and I think that's who you yep. want to to target. The other thing too, uh, like team. I didn't, different I didn't team. even know different this, team. but like Williams Astadio is on the Marlins and played second base yep. a few days ago. So, God, that's a that's a name from the past. Yeah, I, when I saw uh, El Tortuga was hitting in Coors Field in a Marlins jersey the other day, I was like, man, I should have called in sick to work. That, that was a must-see television moment. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's back. He's back, and it's beautiful. He's back and beautiful, which is always great. Um, Seiya Suzuki started out the year on fire. Not much going on in his direction anymore. Sprained ring finger on his left hand will have him out for a little bit. Uh, maybe it's a break he needs because things got cooled down pretty quickly for Mr. Suzuki. And other than that, I guess it just kind of locks in playing time for – the Ortegas and the Morels and everybody of the world in that Cubs outfield for now. Yep, it does. And the Cubs were like, with well, I mean, they had that famous nine game week this this week, and so uh, they I, I was all over Cubs and Fab this week, and a, a bunch of folks uh, as they should be are as well. Um, yeah, Morel is Morel has really been the one who like who who benefits from this, not just because um, I mean he's playing every day anyway in center field, but now he's hitting leadoff, running wild like that. That's a good thing. I, you know, it, Jason Hayward might might get some more time. Um, they're starting to get to the to the point of like PJ Higgins playing, and it's just like whoa. Um, but but yeah, the other the other interesting name, Clint Frazier, um, who might mm-hmm. get a little bit of run now with Suzuki uh, sideline. We'll see. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a long road to hoe for Frazier, but there's got to be some you know some talent there that's 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 lingering, but wouldn't wouldn't hold my breath on it. Yeah, I found out about it. Uh, Brad Miller goes to the IL, but uh, there's been no designation, so it could be COVID, could be a lot of things. So he might be back soon again. He's just more of a platoon versus a heavy righty week. But uh, any thoughts on Brad Miller? Not really. Uh, platoon i actually had him a bunch in tgfbi and 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 he hits he has some pop but um yeah you're 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 playing matchups you're streaming him anyway and and now you're not zach granke who i hope you weren't rostering to begin with he goes to the il 15 day il um yeah i just uh maybe it's a blessing it gives you guys a reason to drop him is the way i would look at it it's like it's derailing the path of how how few strikeouts can you rack up over an entire season. Unfortunately, we won't get the uh, the answer to that to that question. One interesting thing, and I know um, he has not been called up yet, and he this guy was the bane of many people's existence last season. But Jackson Coar is actually dominating yep. AAA right now, and I wonder mm-hmm. when. I wonder when that call is going to come. Um, I would imagine pretty soon because Kansas City 
showed that they would like to do that. I mean, they did it last year. They called him up, I think, a couple of times. And I mean, he got bombed both times. Yep. But that that happens with prospects. And so I do wonder if, you know, just one less obstacle in the way for Coar, um, as somebody who I know, like in NFBC leagues, you, you know, if, if he's available and you have room to stash, that's somebody who might be worth it just because the market's so down on Coar because of what he did last year, but the pedigrees there and the AAA numbers this season, 40 innings. Um, he's got a, a ERA near five, but the strikeout and walk rates are, have been really good. So um, someone who I think you can sneak in for pretty cheap before you get the call up. Um, if, if you're really desperate for pitching and who isn't at this point. And we saw the improvements that Springer or uh, Brady Singer made. Yes. So maybe Coart could be in the same vein that, you know, Singer was getting hit around a lot last year too. And now he's come back and he looks like a brand new man with that pitch mix change. So maybe Coart is doing something similar. We'll see, but uh, definitely worth a shot to go that direction. Um, this one stinks and I don't know what I was doing, but I missed this one until I wrote up this uh, outline. But uh, Brandon Woodruff hits the IL with the high ankle sprain, which is always the worst type of ankle sprain. Yes. Um, the severity is still yet to be known, but I don't like the idea of a high ankle sprain from a big boy on the mound. That is just not a good feeling to me. So uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, we we, we talked about Woodruff a bunch in our um... – you know, a couple of weeks ago in our over under for ERA, hopefully he's out not long enough so that he can still qualify for our little match there. Um, but just brutal and brutal for the Brewers too, because it's Freddie Peralta too. Like that, that rotation yep. is uh, two of the big three are down and you've got, at, you've got Aaron Ashby now who has been fantastic, struck out 12 in his last outing. Eric Lauer has been great. You got Adrian Hauser, who has not. Uh, this week, the new face has been uh, Jason Alexander, who, like everyone, makes the Seinfeld reference. And I just think of the office space guy named Michael Bolton. Like, that guy just has to hate yeah. Seinfeld. Like, his name never comes up without never. that also coming up. But yeah, Jason Alexander is your, is your fill in, it looks like, along with Hauser on the back end of that rotation. Yeah, and keep an eye on Ethan Small, too. He could be a, mm-hmm. someone that might get some run. They called him up for a spot yep. start, and he might get another, another some more run as well. So we'll have to uh, to wait and see on that one. Uh, you mentioned Johnny VR earlier. This one stunk because uh, he's on the IL with a mouth injury that he suffered while working out. Not making that up. That was the exact quote. So dental work for Jonathan VR. Yeah, it sounds bad. Like it sounds, it's sounds mm-hmm. very intense. I think he was playing with those like resistant bands, not playing with them, working out with resisting yeah. resistance bands, and it just like snapped back in his in his face. So that's why I don't do that stuff. I uh, you know I stay away from uh, <laughs> most exercise, but but specifically that. But yeah, VR, it's rough because we had talked about again a couple weeks ago how you know this was kind of the time the playing time had opened up for VR, and we wanted to see. What he could do, I mean, he's got the stolen base difference maker, and obviously that's not going to happen now. So, we, I mean, we ran through the Cubs uh, infield a little bit earlier. Like, Nico Herner is is someone who has been playing every day and, and actually running and hitting for some power as well, and uh, that comes with the normal batting average. So that's someone who is probably snapped up in deeper leagues, but Nico Herner is someone who now is, um, now that he's back and healthy, 
is someone who's, you know, just he was probably starting anyway um, over Simmons and now with VR out. Like that's just he's he's pretty much implanted and hitting 285, three homers, five steals. Like that'll that'll definitely play in, in pretty much any league. Yeah, he's having a nice start to this nine game week too. So I'm looking, yep. I'm enjoying what Nico's doing. It's just the opportunity he's looking for right there. Uh, Robbie Grossman goes to the IL with the next strain. I almost feel like this is a hey, take a breather, kid, and figure it out. We need your 2020 skills back because uh, it's it's been a rough go for Robbie Grossman to start the year here. And I actually started putting them on the chopping block last week in certain leagues, which really stung. But um, he goes to the IL with the next strain. I was going to even bench him in AL tout, which is like. Which is which is kind tough. of the lowest yeah. of the low, uh, being a twelve team mm-hmm. AL only. But like, yeah, Grossman. I mean, hitting one ninety nine. The OP OBP kind of still there. Like three eleven isn't isn't terrible. But like you said, twenty twenty last year, Bubba, and zero home runs, two stolen bases. I agree. Like maybe this is just you know regroup and 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 come back and let's let's see what you can do um so i don't know cody cody clements is is now in left field we all know his lineage um daz cameron's getting some run and right um neither one especially clements isn't really that that interesting to me i i do wonder if like eric haas will start to get a little bit more uh run and then just because he can play outfield and he's catcher eligible and then the last one's Willie Castro, who has been leading off every single day, playing center, right, and left. That's probably the guy who um, probably benefits the most from a fantasy standpoint, just because he was on the fringe of, of fantasy relevance, already eligible, I believe, at second and short. And now he's playing outfield, hitting 283 with a great strikeout rate, um, uh, homer in two bags. So Willie Castro is somebody who kind of is like this year's Grossman, leading off every day and piling up plate appearances right now on a bad team and that's that's gonna matter over over the long haul one name i'll mention if you're talking stash riley green could be back soon so that's a guy to keep in mind in detroit that's we he like he was drafted in the preseason because people were that hyped on him so keep an eye on him if he, he legit could be available in formats right now so uh keep that in mind Royce Lewis, this was a bummer. I was getting ready to leave Napa, hungover on Monday morning, and Royce Lewis got the call up, and I was beyond excited about this because I kept him, didn't drop him. I'm like, yes, he's back. And then he gets the wall and bruises his knee, and he's back on the IL, Ryan. So um, here we are again, my old friend Royce Lewis on the IL. At the worst time, too, with with Correa on the, at least on the on the COVID list, and so now it's Jermaine Palacios uh, playing shortstop for the Twins, and that is not someone who the Twins want playing short or you want playing short on your team. Apologies for that bad news, Bubba. That the, the hangover probably went away for like an hour, and then and then uh, and then it came back with the with the Royce yep. news. So. Yep, it was. It was. It was. It was short-lived. That's for sure. Um, the last bit of news: another guy I have rostered in many places this year is Tim Anderson, who goes to the IL, and um, Tony Larusa doesn't think this will be a short stint on the IL. So this really stinks as well. Uh, what's your thoughts on Tim Anderson? Yeah, and it's a groin. Like this is really concerning um, because not only like was Tim Anderson raking, I also have. We were both huge Anderson guys in the preseason um Mm -hmm. we kind of saw what happened with this last year where 
Anderson didn't really run in the second half. Had that, I think they called it hamstring or just like tired legs or whatever it was. Something with the lower body wasn't quite right with Anderson, and he basically stopped running. He can still be, you know, plenty effective. Uh, the batting average is there. The plate appearances are there. Good lineup and some power, that sort of thing. Uh, but I do wonder with the groin, and I guess maybe out like three weeks. Keep an eye on how much he's running. And if you have Tim Anderson on your team, like don't think you're in as good of shape as you might look to be in steals and start looking for replacements that have uh, that have some speed, because I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much that speed is going to come back if it's anything like we saw last year in the second half for Anderson. So I hate to be a hate to be kind of a doubter on that, but um, that's definitely something that I certainly remember because I have Tim Anderson on my you know, teams every year because I yeah. love the guy. Um, but that, that, that second half production kind of went down last year. I hope it's not the same this season, but we'll, we'll see. Yep. If you have Tim Anderson, John birdies should be one of your favorite targets this week. There you <laughs> go. Think about. Tie it back uh, to, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and Lurie yeah. Garcia should not unlike, um, yes, unlike no, the White never. <laughs> no, no, you're only Tony LaRusso believes he should be. That's about it. Yeah. All right. Bloom board time. And I love this one. This is almost like. Great minds think alike, but he's actually the smart one here. So uh, why don't you elaborate on the Bloom board for the evening, Ryan? All right. This one I, I like because it's 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 pretty simple. So it, it and we've mentioned this before, but if you're looking at one pitching metric that is, you know, no, there's no perfect silver bullet out there or whatever, but with just so much, so much stuff out there, strikeout minus walk rate is the go-to um, for just if you want to look at one number to see how well a pitcher's doing. Um, by ignoring the results, it's strikeout minus walk rate. So what I did with this one is I compared strikeout minus walk rate for all starting pitchers from April to May. And so we've got 15 guys whose strikeout to walk rate uh, rose the most and 15 whose did not. And so there's like, I don't know, with with these types of boards, with I mean, we're, we're talking about short samples. These are like four, maybe five starts in a month context of this could be a number of things could just be variants like guys get hot guys go on heaters guys just have a rough time or tipping pitches you know can't feel a pitch and but it'll come back uh schedule is something that's also like something at play but it's it the the biggest thing that i think and and when i put this out on twitter and just seeing some of the replies and whatnot is like the perception of how well um a player is doing can get so thrown off by what they did in april um we look at i i think kyle wright is like the is the prime example where like everyone just assumes he's been fantastic and he and he has but all of that pretty much was in april kyle wright had a 113 era over four starts in april uh 394 era in march but we just or in march in may we just get so ingrained in what we saw in april that that kind of tends to linger and we lose we lose sight of what uh, guys have been doing lately. I fall into that trap all the time. So um, that was kind of the impetus behind this one is just to see who's been rising, falling the last 30 days and um, some interesting names that came up. And I know a bunch of people on Twitter, which is fantastic, wanted to uh, wanted us to cover certain guys. And so that's what we'll do here for a little bit to try and try and paint that additional uh, context for you guys. Yep, we'll try to hit on as many as we can, like usual, and we'll start with one of the big names that uh, everybody was, uh, or a lot of guys were big on this year. That's Nick Pavetta, and literally is a tale of two months. April, a 3.8K to walk in May, a 19.9K to walk. 
Um, if you just look at his game logs, it's literally the tail of two months. Like six innings or more in five straight starts. He's pitching great in May. In um, in April, there was a struggle bus, a massive struggle bus for Nick Pavetta. So uh, we'll start with Nick Pavetta here. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing, and I'm I'm still waiting because we've seen the good and the bad with Nick Pavetta most of his career. So I'm not like in love with Nick Pavetta, but I love what I'm seeing. Let's put it that way. Yeah, same. And like I, we had Pavetta on our over under ERA, and I was pretty aggressive at the time. I think I said like under 350 ERA the rest of the season. Um, and Pavetta did have a 2.11 ERA in six May starts. The big thing that I've seen with Pavetta is uh, the, the control. The walk rate went way down in May. He only had six walks in 38 innings compared to 13 walks in 16 innings. Um, so Nick Pavetta is probably scooped up in your uh, d- definitely in your deep leagues and your shallow leagues probably as well. Uh, but again, just a name where like we've all been burned by Nick Pavetta in the past. <laughs> like in previous seasons, if you drafted Nick Pavetta this season, you got burned by him in April again. Um, you may have very well dropped him, but he looks like a different pitcher right now. He's just a lot more attacking the, attacking the zone with a lot more frequency. Velocity is down a little bit. Swing strike rate is down a little bit in May. But uh, again, the big thing for me is control, and the Red Sox are just hitting the crap out of the ball right now. So Pavetta is getting plenty of run support. All he needs to do is – is five and dive and and these days he's he's getting wins so um yeah someone who's sneakily been really good in may yeah very very good and i drafted him and i dropped him and then i repicked him up so it's so good i didn't get all go. the bad april yeah i didn't get all the bad april but i got a couple that's for dark so you got the so bad april but then you the dropped him and you got yeah. you did not get the good may and i hate when that happens no i got like the i got at least two good may starts so i i, I didn't lose it all i didn't lose it all but um, let's talk Aaron Ashby. You mentioned him earlier with the Woodruff news. And, uh, you know, 7.9K to walk in April, 23.7 in May. And if you look at his game logs, a lot of it's he's going deeper in games now. He's still walking guys, but not to the same extent. And he's throwing more innings, which is allowing for more strikeouts. Um, the dude's legit. And he was available in a couple 12 teams for me last week. Didn't get him, but uh, he was available. So people need to go take another peek. You might be able to get a potential stud on the waiver wire. Yes, uh, not only 12 strikeouts last outing at, at Chicago, but 21 swinging strikes in 100 pitches. Like, that is some elite stuff. And I do, like, this kind of pains me because Aaron Ashby, and this is where we all make mistakes with our drops. I dropped Aaron Ashby um, after a pretty, like, rough skill-wise April. Like, he was he was, he was was not good in April, and he was not – he did not have a role – and I was running out of room on my roster. Those are my excuses anyway. Um, and so so he's a drop. And and I'm regretting that because now, yeah, like we talked about with uh, with Woodruff and Peralta is going to be out for a long time. Like Aaron Ashby is cemented in a rotation and an organization that really knows what they're doing. Um, so uh, this is like a set and forget if you have Ashby right now. And like you said, Bubba, if he's available in leagues, I would be very aggressive just because the skills are there um, and the role is going to be there. He's going to be in that rotation for a long time. So um, so as much as it pains me to say, uh, I'm going to be missing out on the good Aaron Ashby. Um, Zach Wheeler appears to be healthy. That's the best thing I can say right now because uh, there was the concerns in the preseason, dropped his draft day price a bit, scared me off of him just because I don't like to draft injured guys. I feel foolish now because he's looking electric. 11.9 K to walk to 27.6. 
basically seven or more Ks in like each of his May starts. Um, he's been electric. It looks great, and he's just fanning guys. And um, yeah, he he might be on his way to another attempt at a Cy Young this year. Yeah, and a lot of like with Wheeler, a lot of what this was. I mean, you you alluded to the injury was um, just the ramp up because the injury wasn't like really. He wasn't actively hurt by by uh, opening day. It was just everything was pushed back, and I was scared off too because shoulder. I mean, that's that's the word to avoid for starting pitchers, and and that was it with Wheeler. And with April, like yeah, he gave up. Uh, Wheeler gave up seven runs in his second start of the season, four runs in his third start of the season. Part of that ramp up velocity was down. He was just. I mean, that was basically spring training for him. Uh, since those two starts, he's given up six runs in six starts. So uh, yeah, he looks great and not really much of like a takeaway really, because Wheeler is an ace. He draft probably drafted him as an ace and uh, you're probably not able to trade for him cheap right now because, uh, because yeah, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball in May. So uh, kudos if you stuck it out, uh, despite the injury risk that we all uh, say to avoid. Here's a fun one. Tony Gonsolin, who um, initially didn't even have a spot in the rotation to start the season. Obviously, things happen, and he's got one now. And he's been great. His last three starts, at least six innings. Tonight, as we speak, six shutout innings against the Mets. Uh, the strikeouts have been there. The splitter's been outstanding in this late late run he's been doing. So uh, Gonsolin's a guy that might be available out there right now. And I think what we're seeing is it's pretty legit. Some smarter people than I have written some very good articles breaking down the improvements on Tony Gonsolin, and um, I, I, it looks pretty solid to me, Ryan. So Tony Gonsolin has a career, and I don't think many people know this, but a career, and it's 187 innings in the majors, career 259 ERA, and a 105 whip. Like, that is um, – I did not realize he was he had been that good and uh, it, like the issue right the issue with Gonson has always been you know does he have a spot and the answer to that typically has been no uh, but he's been pitching consistently in the rotation first couple starts were three innings four innings first start of the year was at Coors um, so yeah like 21 to three strikeout to walk in his last three starts and stealing tonight like yeah go out and get Gonson if he's still available um, if you've got them, enjoy this ride because it does look like it's going to last for, for quite a while. Um, given, well, pretty much everyone on the Dodgers, as I hate to break it to you, but I'm sure, you know, is just pitching their brains out right now. Like Kyler Anderson is, yeah. is doing his thing too. So, um, something in the water at Chavez ravine, but that's okay. Gonsolin, uh, Gonsolin looks great. As long as it's not in the water in October, we're just fine. Um, Robbie Ray, 11.2K to walk in April, 26.2 in May. And you look at his game logs, he is definitely striking more guys out in May, but he's still walking a handful of guys, and he's still giving up a good amount of runs. So he's not like dominant Robbie Ray like last year, but you're seeing the strikeouts at least in May. So it's kind of like a tale of two sides. Like, do you believe the improvements in K to walk are going to lead to better starts down the line? Or is there still some concern here, Ryan? Because I remember real quick, uh, last year he survived in the heart of the zone yes. a ton. And people said that could backfire eventually. It might be backfiring a little more this year. So what's your thoughts on him? Well, the thing with Ray last year, like even in his Cy Young season in May last year, five starts, he had a 460 ERA. Like the skills were there. Uh, the skills were definitely there last year, and they haven't been as much this season. But um, but 
that's the thing. Like, and something that we lose track of, it is a long season. I talk about the Freddie Freeman example a bunch of times uh, before, but Robbie Ray on the, on the pitching side is, is a great example of that. The thing that, um, the thing that, that I like and what I saw with Ray is despite the lower velocity, the swing strike rate in May was just elite 20.6% swing strike rate and the walks were fantastic. Um, the problem has been inconsistency. Like he, he's, he made a June 1st start at Baltimore, uh, walked three guys with only six strikeouts, had 14, had 14 whiffs on 89 pitches. So the, the swing and miss is still there. Um, I think overall, this isn't going to be a complete disaster, uh, which is probably if you ask for that, like the last week of April, um, you may have been looking and saying this might be a complete disaster. I, I think Ray is going to be okay. Um, maybe a number three starter for you with a bunch, bunch of strikeouts, ratios and wins, maybe not there. Um, but I don't think he's going to completely go in the tank like some other <coughs> Trevor Rogers that, uh, that have been doing that. Yeah, I'm going to bring up some of these guys real quick. So um, Charlie Morton, we'll get to Rogers next. Uh, Charlie Morton, 4.7K to walk in April, 14.7, so a 10-point improvement. But still 14.7 is not great, to say the least. But it's an improvement. It's improvement. He's still struggling out there, though, Ryan. Um, is this a, a look for optimism with Morton, or are we still concerned because a lot of guys have given up on Charlie Morton? Yeah, still pretty concerned. I actually watched most of Morton's uh, last start, and he kind of got screwed. I think he got pulled. They pulled him back out for the sixth inning. He had given up two earned runs at the time. Uh, gave up two hits, got pulled, and both of those guys uh, scored. So it, the final box score was was four earned in five innings, and a lot of that wasn't his doing. However, yeah, he went from like terrible to just okay in may um going from 4.7 to 14.7 so um it's nice to see the improvement but i don't think we're out of the woods at all with charlie morton still very much concerned about the 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 ineffectiveness of the curveball compared to what we saw last year and uh and that is one of the things like i mean honestly the top gainer on this list we skipped him for a reason but vladimir gutierrez was a gainer because in april he had a negative 4.8 Strikeout minus walk rate. That's um, that's p- pathetic. You know, you you can improve and still be pretty <laughs> pretty bad. So uh, pretty that, bad. Uh, I mean, the fascinating thing with that is he got enough innings in May to qualify. Uh, you know, but that's Cincinnati for you these days. Yeah, that's Cincinnati. Uh, we'll do Trevor Rogers later because I have a listener question on him, and I know you wrote an article on him, so I'll let you answer that a little deeper later the last guy i'm gonna ask about here before we get to the faders on the list you hinted at him earlier tyler anderson of those doyers um has been pitching phenomenally and one thing he does so well is he just doesn't walk guys period like literally one walk in his last four starts he's got at least six innings in each start with five or more k's in each start he's been super effective for the dodgers which really stings but uh thoughts on tyler anderson 26 strikeouts to one walk in his last four starts. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. He's going deep into games. He had a pitch count of a hundred and on May 23rd against the nationals. Like um, this is not the same guy that we've seen throughout his career, especially like with Pittsburgh. I, I had some Tyler Anderson and, and it was, it, it was okay at times. The control has always been there. Uh, but the strikeouts had never been there like this. And the strikeout, the bump in strikeout rate 
uh, for Anderson. He's got a career 21%. And 2020, it was 16, 2021, 19, this year 24%. And supported by swinging strike rate. So that's the one of the things I always look at, too. If someone's got a bump in strikeout rate, is that supported by whiffs? And, I mean, Tyler Anderson's got it. And, and again, you take the Dodger factor, new organization, they they know what to do with those raw materials. Uh, they're giants too, too, even though they had a rough May on the rotation side of things. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think you have to believe this. Tyler Anderson actually isn't really that old, age thirty two. Uh, we have seen that. Actually, we just talked about Charlie Morton. Like this is almost like the Charlie Morton type career path, where someone who was just really, you know, Tyler Anderson doesn't throw as hard as as Charlie Morton, but was pretty bad for the first few years of his career and didn't really get good until his mid thirties. So um, yeah, Tyler Anderson, you're, you're riding this as, as far as you can. I think it'll, I think it'll last pretty long. Um, it, 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 he looks fantastic. All right. Let's talk faders here. We'll start with one of my giants, Carlos Rodon. And trust me, it's pain painful to watch some of these recent starts. Cause it's like a tightrope right now. Uh, April, he was just dominant. Just throw him out there. He's going to mow everybody down. In May, he's on the struggle bus. He's walking guys, giving up runs. Strikeouts aren't as uh, as often for him. I don't know if it's uh, the arms already getting tired or what's going on, but he just doesn't look nearly as dominant, Ryan. And I am slightly concerned because this is why I avoided him in draft season. I was waiting for the breakdown, and I'm hoping that's not what this is, but it feels that way when I watch him pitch. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you would you would definitely know more than yeah. That's 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 a great take. That's something I'd definitely interested in because you've seen him pitch a lot more than I have. I mean, the one thing I would say is like at least the velocity was stable um, yeah. in May. Like it was a ninety six three in April, ninety six four in May, and then he did have a good start. His last start at Philly, which is a really tough start, uh, went five one earned, but had fourteen whiffs and ninety eight pitches. Like. That's good. Um, I think for me, like I, I'm not, I'm not super worried. April is the best month of his, of his career, of his season this year for sure. Um, it's just one of those where like perception is 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 a lot rosier than he's actually pitched. Um, at least for me, because I was definitely regretting not getting not getting Rodon after April. And yeah, it's just interesting to see him kind of fall back. So um, I don't know if you're concerned, I am too, but the, at least the velocity is stable and, and at least his last start, he was missing bats. Like those are two things that I still like, like to look for to, to kind of avoid a collapse, but. I will agree. The velocity does make me feel a little better. That does make me feel better. It's just, just not the dominant feel that he once was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Kyle Wright earlier. He definitely got a monitor going forward because um, that is quite a precipitous drop-off from April to May. Uh, but I want to mention Josiah Gray. This is a guy that 21.2K to walk in April, 8.1 in May. We know he's got some electric stuff, young pitcher. We knew even last year walks and home runs were an issue. Well, in May, walks and home runs have become an issue again, and that has been his bugaboo. April, he avoided the long ball, and that saved his butt. But uh, we're back to problems with Josiah Gray. So which one is it? Is it April or is it May? I'm leaning more May. Um, it, it's yeah. just it, it, the, the control's not there. He's given up. And he's one of the guys, too, I think, with like the it, offense is coming back. And the offense or offense came back in May. And Josiah Gray is a big fly ball guy. 45% fly ball rate in April, 54% fly ball rate in May. Like he gives up a lot of fly balls. And he is one of those guys who will benefit more than the average pitcher from a depressed offensive environment. And that seems to be 
waning and probably will continue to wane uh, through the summer. So a major drop in skills, major drop in strikeouts. Uh, velocity looks good, but um, walks and fly balls like, yeah, like, I mean, like you said, that's a, that's a, that's a horrific combo on a team where he's not going to get much run support with Washington. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about Josiah Gray right now. Yeah, he's a tough one to hold on to here pretty soon. It's going to be a matchup thing with him because yeah. he'll have those starts yeah. where he looks phenomenal, but there's going to be a lot of questionable outings out there for sure. Yeah. Paul Blackburn, another guy that people loved. They picked him up. They were rolling with him in April. Things were good. And to be honest with you, before his last start, we gave it four runs to Houston. Overall, it has not been that bad. He had one start where he gave it five walks. Otherwise, hasn't been too bad. He went from a 21.9% K to walk in April, 9.3% in May. It could be a one-start outlier that made the huge gap. So this is why kind of looking at these stats, like you mentioned, it's it might not be as bad as it looks type yeah. thing. I think Blackburn still has a lot of legs behind him. I do. I, I, I agree. Like, and, and the, the park is great. Not going to get much run support, that sort of thing. But, I mean, everyone knows Paul Blackburn's not – I mean – not going to keep a 215 ERA. Like we're, you know, we, we've moved past that uh, stage of analyzing baseball. Um, but I think he can absolutely hold like a mid to high threes the rest of the season, which again, like has, has value in deeper leagues just because of the control and the ground ball. So we were just, this is the anti Josiah Gray who walks people and gives up yep. fly balls. Blackburn does the exact opposite. He doesn't walk anybody, keeps it on the ground. Like even though the, 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 the dominance, the strikeouts aren't really there and, and the swing strike rate tanked in May, like um, he, he'll be serviceable. He'll be fine. No one's expecting him to be 215 ERA, but I'm not expecting him to blow up either. I, I think, like I said, rest of the season, mid-high threes ERA, uh, probably not a lot of wins. Um, you mentioned the Houston star, like Houston, that's a that's a tough lineup. But uh, but I think Blackburn, I, I, I kept rolling with him in this week's two-step, even though it's Houston. I forget who he gets on the on the back end of it, but it, it I think was even worse than Houston. Um so, but I, I kept rolling with him in Tout anyway. So um, he'll be fine. You know, the combination of of grounders and 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 not giving up the free pass is going to work for him. But um, yeah, don't expect that two fifteen ERA. You don't need me to don't need me to tell me tell you that. Well, 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 Merrill Kelly. It was fun while it lasted. It was fun. Sixteen point seven percent K to walk in April. Seven percent in May. And it's funny, though, when you look at it, he's going about five innings, three and runs or less in most starts, blow up against the Dodgers, that'll happen. But the strikeouts aren't there. It's just a, it's a guy that's going to put in, give you five to six innings of three runs or less and limit your strikeout upside. That's Merrill Kelly with potential blowups. Is that something that interests you, Ryan? No, potential blowups do not. Do not interest me. Blowups are like the worst thing that can possibly happen. And like that's my nightmare as a as a fan as in this hobby is pulling out your phone and seeing six earned, seven earned, whatever, and two innings and a very high number on your ER. It's funny, like with Kelly, though I have not seen him very often. The the one start that I that I did watch kind of all the way through is his best start of the year. He almost had a complete game against Colorado eight K's two walks, but that was uh, actually in, that was May 6th. So his May numbers actually include that, that outing Um, just got torched by LA gave up eight earned runs and two innings. And so that's the, that's the blow up that we're talking about. So Merrill Kelly, like, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, 
has not been serviceable uh, in previous years, really had that 259 ERA in, in 2020, but uh, we saw the real Merrill Kelly last season. I don't think what we're seeing in 2021 is that much different. So um, I would not be surprised if his ERA shoots north of four here pretty soon. And um, yeah, like you said, kind of, kind of a matchups play at best and you're, you're pretty much playing with fire if you've got him in there. Reed Detmers threw a no hitter this year. Reed Detmers can't strike guys out. Uh, 15.5% K to walk in April, 5.7 in May. And that includes a nine inning no hitter where he struck out two batters, two batters. Uh, he's given up four home runs in his two starts since the no hitter walked three in those starts. Um, yeah, that, that no hitter was cool and all Ryan, but I, I think we're not going to see something like that again from him. Yeah. And I like, I didn't want to be that guy. Like when you saw the no hitter, like no hitters are cool. Like we celebrate that stuff. Like it's a great, that's a great moment for Detmers. It's a great moment for the angels. But like, that was one of the worst no hitters that you'll watch. I mean, two strikeouts, like that's just, uh, yeah. And like you said, that's actually part of his uh, May. Uh, The no hitter was on May 10th. Mm -hmm. So like this, this downfall actually includes that no hitter. And you look at Detmers at 5.7% K minus walk. Like that, that is totally unrossable. If you're holding on to, to read Detmers because he threw a, a no hitter, um, that, that, that's not doing it right. Uh, you got to, you got to move on from him. there's this, and there is some prospect pedigree. He's only 22. I'm not saying like he's, he's, he's toast or anything, but I, I, I think in redraft leagues, like he's just very hard to to roster just because you're not getting the whiffs so you're not getting the strikeouts and you're just leaving it up to uh to contact right now and the angels are kind of in free fall um right now too so the the team concept context is not as good as it uh as it once was in april as well eric lauer 31.5 percent k to walk in april 14.9 in may uh the big thing in may is he's walking guys he's got um it says 10 walks in his five May starts compared to five in his uh, four April starts. And the strikeouts have been down a bit as well, not helping him. He's still been good. That's the thing that's confusing. Like He's still been effective, giving you good quality starts. But the walks are up and the strikeouts are down. Is there anything to be concerned about here, Ryan? Uh, I mean, a, a little bit. Like, I... Uh... I don't know. We maybe we thought Eric Lauer was like the breakout guy, the next like Burns or or Woodruff on that staff, just because they're in the same rotation. And he he's not the guy we saw. I think a lot we saw in April. I think a lot of this is just him going from it, just an absolute heater in April. Who you know that that is just so hard to repeat. I mean, a, a what what was the strikeout minus walk in April? Thirty. Yeah, thirty one point five percent. Like no one holds that for very long. Um, so to, to go down from that to something more league average is fine. Um, one thing I look at with walks that so you mentioned, Bubba, the, the rise in walks in, in May is, is at HQ. We look at ball percentage and also first pitch strike rate, and those were fine. So I think, and actually his first pitch strike rate was, was much improved in May. So I'm not too worried about the, um, about the lack of control, I just don't think the uh, the obscene strikeout rate is going to be what it was. I mean, 37% K rate in April. I think we're settling more kind of mid-20s uh, the rest of the season. It was 24% in May. So I think I think Eric Lauer is an above-average pitcher. I don't think we're getting the, the ace that we thought we might have, like a breakout in progress in April. Uh, a couple more here. Joe Ryan. Everybody loved the Joe Ryan in draft season. 22.9% K to walk in April. 10% in May. 
10% in May. That's because the walks were up. Pretty simple here. And mainly one start. He gave it five walks on May 10th versus the Astros. There's an Astros theme here, folks. Um, so five walks in that outing. Otherwise, he's been pretty much a similar pitcher most of the season. So I guess I'm not super concerned, but you might uh, have some of those encounters with him. We bring up a great point, too. Like I was talking about context earlier and like schedule and, and that sort of thing. But with um, with looking at one month samples, like one bad outing can absolutely throw this whole thing off. So, yeah, like Joe Ryan, look at the game log. His walks by game. is He walked four in his first start, but then zero, one, one, one. Five zero two, um, so you're mm-hmm. at the point where even for the entire season, where like one bad, one bad day where you just don't have it um, is going to affect your numbers over a month or even what we've seen so far. So um, yeah, not really too concerned since it was all in one outing that he gave it up. Um, don't have Joe Ryan anywhere, so uh, we'll see. But and currently on the COVID list, but I don't, I don't think that'll be too long. But, uh, but yeah, two twenty eight ERA on the season, four thirty three x ERA. That's one at, at HQ. Um, he's been pretty lucky with the home run ball, five percent homer to fly ball rate, fifty four percent fly ball rate. That's not a good mix when you're giving that many fly balls and and they're not landing in the seats. It's great for your for your BABIP. It's great for your WHIP and your ERA when it's working. But once those once again once once summer comes up and uh, the offense is is coming back, that's going to really hurt Joe Ryan. I think. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Nestor Cortez dropped from 32.1 to 19.4. Kevin Gossman, 32.6 to 22.1. Still good K to walks. Uh, just massive drop-offs from some elite numbers. Any concern with either of those two guys that everyone's pitching every time out right now? Not really. And Cortez shoved on on Thursday against the Angels. Yep. So um, I don't know. I, I am... Definitely FOMOing Nestor Cortez. I don't have, did not pick him up or draft him anywhere. And uh, teams that are ahead of me in the standings have. But looks great. Not worried it's, it's nice about the lower one. It's nice having some nasty Nestor. I'll be honest. It's pretty nice. Um, all right. If people want to see more of this, Ryan tweeted out the bloom boards. And so it's easy to find there on Ryan at Ryan BHQ on Twitter. We hit about. 60% of them at least. So, and we'll hit up some listener questions now that'll cover some more of them. So let's have some fun here, Ryan. We'll start with our good buddy Richard Sands. He said someone dropped Jose Barrios in a 16 team five by five redraft home league. Is he worth a waiver claim or should he wait for Jesus Sanchez the next day? He's dropping Darren Ruff. So would you add Jose Barrios or Jesus Sanchez? Which is da- dropping Darren Ruff, which is which is probably advised. I I drop Ruff. I would drop Ruff. I mean, you know, one's a pitcher, one's a hitter. So the easy cop out is like, oh, it depends on your team. But if 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 Ruff is your drop and like a sixteen teamer, yeah, like Jose Barrios, you want to pick up. I I'd probably go Sanchez uh, just in a vacuum over Barrios just because he is kind of on a heater, hitting for power, playing every day in Miami. And we talked about all the injuries that they had earlier in the show. Uh, Barrios, I've got him in TGFBI and held him in my uh, starting him for way too long. I think last week was the first time I benched him. Um, it, it, it's going to take a little while for me to even think about cutting him and, and TGFBI again, a 15 teamer. So, uh, just because the track record has been so good, like he could just be off and have a bad stretch right now. Um, I mean, it's ugly. 
the skills are ugly. The yeah. skills are just as bad as the surface stats, but I'm giving him quite a long leash. I'm at least holding another month and let's see what, see what goes on. But he is not in my uh, TGFBI lineup anymore. I'm just kind of stashing him. Yeah, in my 12-team formats, he's been on my bench for a while, and I've been really close to dropping him there. That's really Yeah, in a 12, that's to tough. It's, it's getting real close. Real close. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I, it's a tough one because, like you said, the pedigree's there. You're waiting for him to turn the corner, but the underlying stats do not look great at all. Edward J. Gillis asks, Hi, gentlemen. What is up with Trevor Rogers? as he is killing me in a couple high-stakes events? Double starts next week and the first at home against Washington. Should he play or sit him? Trevor Rogers was 6.6% K to walk in April, 15% in May. And Mr. Bloomfield wrote an article on Trevor Rogers a week or two ago at Baseball HQ. So the floor is yours. What's going on with Trevor Rogers? I mean, for Rogers, it all centers around that changeup, man. The, ch- the changeup was the key to his breakout in 2021. I think like a 20% swinging strike with a great ground ball rate on it. Like that was, it was one of the, better changeups in baseball and it ha- he has completely lost command of the changeup uh, it's not getting whiffs he's not locating it consistently which is what i which is what i found in the article and so once you lose command of that changeup not only does it you know leaving a changeup up is is probably one of the worst pitches in baseball along with like a splitter leaving that in the zone and that's what he's been doing but all, that also affects your fastball if you're spitting on that changeup um you can kind of sit fastball and and, and and bombs away. So I, I'm really worried about Trevor Rogers. Like, yeah, he did and he did get a little bit better in in um, in May, and actually had three straight starts in May with double digit whiffs, which is nice. Uh, so I still think there's something there. The velocity is fine. I don't think it's an injury. I think it's just lost feel for the changeup, tipping pitches, something like that. Either way, I'm holding in 15s, definitely, probably holding in 12s. Um, just because I really like Trevor Rogers heading into the season, it looks like I'm going to take a, a pretty big L. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the deal with him. It's, it's, it all goes back to the changeup. Let's see how often he uses it in his next few starts and see how effective it is. It's kind of funny. Like in, in, in my main event, I had the option, I actually put this out on Twitter was like Trevor Rogers was pitching at Coors this week. And so he was an option for my last pitcher spot. The other option was Chad cool at Coors at against Atlanta, which is pretty brutal too. The third option was Andrew Kittredge, who's basically just a zero. Like he's on the IL, but yeah. might come back Friday and maybe get a save. Uh, so is basically taking a zero better than Trevor Rogers or Chad cool. I went with Kittredge and I'm feeling pretty good about it so, so far, far so as yeah. bad as that sounds. So Cause uh, Rogers got rocked, but we'll see how it, how it turns out. But uh but yeah, worried, worried, but holding. It's kind of interesting. I, I mean, who would you take? But we just talked about Barrios, and I kind of had the same conclusion, like holding, but but benching. Would who do you take rest of the season, Barrios or uh, or Rogers? Oh man, that is that's really difficult. I think I go Rogers based on team and division, um, and the fact he's getting whiffs. Barrios isn't even doing that. So like, there's some optimism in potential strikeouts with Rogers someday, where Brios just doesn't have anything right now. So that's tricky. I want to see. Um, so Tal- Edward did, did ask. A, um, uh, sorry, no, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say Towers did. No, no, they, no. You, are you gonna bring up the mock draft? Yeah, I was gonna pull that up. They did a. Yeah. Um, so NFBC didn't do. Typically, NFBC does Memorial Day. Um, 
drafts where you draft around last weekend. They didn't do it this year, but Towers did a mock. Um, and Trevor Rogers went, I think it was 12 team mock. Trevor Rogers went in the 19th round. Mr. Barrios went in the 11th. Wow, uh, that's a pretty big split. Yeah, pretty big I'd split. say so. Wow, just one that's draft, but much yeah. higher than I expected. Yeah, uh, but Edward did ask. So uh, Rogers as at, uh, versus Washington and at Houston next week, two step. Would you start? Him? God, so I'm going to have to make this decision on Monday, so I might as well have to do it live on the pod. I'd say yes. Um, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I w- I'd say yes. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would do it. Uh, the Washington start is is pretty great. Houston's Houston's been pretty good, but um, yeah, I'd I, I'd roll with it. Um, if you know, you're you're holding them for a reason. If you if you have those two start weeks with one that's a decent matchup, yeah, I don't feel great about it though. Yeah, it's it's tough, but that's the 15 team life. Um, David R asks at Abs for Life. Awesome piece of info talking about the Bloom board. What's up with Carlos Carrasco? He walked five guys his last game. Do you trust him next week versus San Diego and at Atlanta? Carlos has been pretty good. Yeah. Carlos Carrasco has been actually fantastic. He has a 363 ERA and gave up eight earned runs in one start. So uh, despite that blow up um, has been really good, but I'm not worried about this last out. Actually his last out is actually a really cool story. I don't know if you saw this, but um, it was the first time that his dad had ever seen him pitch uh, in in the majors. And I don't know. I mean, I wonder, I mean, obviously Carrasco knows that, like, what was he going through? What was he thinking about um, in that start? Uh, it must've been a really cool feeling for him. Uh, probably really amped up to, you know, pitch well and press mm-hmm. down, all that sort of thing. And, and had five walks. I mean, that's all pure speculation, but um, I'm not worried at all about Carlos Carrasco. He's been fantastic. And, and one of the best stories in baseball, I really hope it, it yep. keeps going and he can avoid the injury bug like the rest of the, uh, the Mets rotation has not been able to do. 100% agree with you. You're starting them for sure. Uh, ben Tid asks, would you guys hold on to Keller as a streamer and a 15-teamer? I'm assuming he's talking about Brad Keller based on the Bloom board. Would you keep him as a streamer? For me, if he's a streamer, he's not always on your roster, is the way I see it. Yeah, that's kind of what I see too is yeah if he's a streamer you're you're only doing matchups i mean this is a guy brad keller had a 219 era in april um may it all fell apart and the the strikeout minus walk rate was 3.7 like you can't have that on your team so no i would say even in like a 15 teamer i don't feel good at all about starting brad brad keller or mitch keller for that yeah, that, that matter exactly. Uh, Brandon W asked, "What happened to Rodon? Velocity holding steady, but he flipped from dominant to pretty bad overnight. We hit on that pretty good earlier, Brandon. So I think you got it covered there." Um, Sons of Chandler asks, "Charlie and Trevor by low status. Trevor, I think yes, we agreed upon. But what about Charlie?" Uh, Sons of Chandler. I, every time I think it's like Ron Chandler when he, I don't know who this guy is, but it's. Uh... He's got a picture I mean, I of Ron Chandler, so it's pretty good. This, this thing's a picture of Ron. Um, so I'm like, whoa, is he responding to you? Um, okay. Charlie Morton, I'm less uh, – I don't know. I, I think they're both in the same in the same boat. Hold if you can. I've got them both on my mixed labor team, and I'm, I'm not really even thinking about 
cutting either one that's a 15 teamer so um depending on matchups is the one that i'm going to start that week but not looking at at cutting either one right now i think you've got to hold and just kind of hope that this is a rough patch of the season and four months to go these guys have been great before um and just ride it out it's a long season no doubt about it. And then the last question we have, oh, it was about Luis Garcia for Washington, which we hit on earlier. So we got you covered there as well. But uh, Mr. Bloomfield, that'll wrap us up. Uh, any final thoughts for the listeners as we looked at K to Walk? We're uh, about two months into the season now, a third of the season in the books. It's it's getting it's getting interesting out there, my friend. It's it it is it, it's tough to make that transition from oh it's early don't worry about it like this is the time of year where you, you start to get skittish a little bit and just from judging from some of the questions like we're getting skittish over trevor rogers and and charlie morton it's it's we're that far into the season now where like the damage has been done the matter is are we going to uh see that turnaround so um still ride it out keep keep going it's easy to uh, you know it's summertime school's out it's easy to uh you know maybe your teams are down in 10th or 8th or whatever place it's easy to to ease up a bit but keep going this is the time where um where you can actually still really make gains i've seen i saw justin mason in his main event had a great day at I think like two or three days ago and gained 10 points in a day. That stuff still happens um, even at this juncture. So, um, so keep at it, avoid those, avoid those blowups and let's go Trevor Rogers, man. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of like looking at the stains, a lot of tightness in the, the categories, just overall standings still. So a lot of movement can be taking place, especially with hitting all of a sudden showing up, which means pitching is not. So things are going to start flipping pretty quickly. If you have certain days, which make things a lot of fun. So don't give up yet. Uh, work the waiver wire. Look at matchups like we talk about. That's the big, big thing to do. Uh, like it sounds boring, but like we, we were both on a bunch of Cubs. We're not the only ones, but the Cubs had nine games. But there's three teams with eight games this last week. Like there's lots of ways to attack uh, categories. So don't uh, throw in the towel yet. And don't forget John Birdie, folks. John Birdie, if you need <laughs> steals. But um, that'll do it for us there. Make sure you check out Ryan on Twitter. At Ryan BHQ. I'm on Twitter at BDendrick. And this was Bubba in the Bloom, episode nine. Catch you guys next week. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.